Part six of The Cave on Thundercloud by Mary Roberts Reinhardt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Roy. Part six. Clipping from the morning news of May the seventh. Sheriff ambushed. Remarkable experience of Muldoon and party in Thundercloud Glen. An extraordinary state of affairs was discovered by the relief party of constables, city and county detectives, and state constabulary sent to the relief of Sheriff Muldoon and his posse, who have been on the track of the C&L train bandits since last Monday. The relief party was sent out in response to a telephone message from a farmhouse in Thunder Cloud Glen and transmitted from the farmer's line to a long-distance wire this message was to the effect that the sheriff and his posse shut in a cave were being held prisoners by the outlaws being shot at steadily and that so far every attempt at escape had been thwarted by the terrific fire of the bandits a relief party in automobiles was rushed at once to the scene thundercloud glen is a narrow valley between the camel's back and thundercloud mountain a mile or so from the entrance to the glen the road always bad and now almost washed away by the recent heavy rains became impassable the party abandoned the machines and in skirmish order proceeded up the glen within an hour's time firing was heard and the rescuers doubled their pace passing a bend in the valley the scene of the outrage lay spread before them on the left the low mouth of the cave and across the valley on a slope of the camel's back a faint cloud of smoke showing where the outlaws had their lair as the rescuers came in sight the firing ceased and an ominous stillness hung over the valley the relief expedition had been seen by the imprisoned party also muldoon's well-known soft felt hat tied to the end of a pole was thrust from the cave mouth and waved vigorously up and down showing that some of the imprisoned party still lived one solitary shot was aimed at the hat followed by profound quiet using every precaution deputy sheriff mulcahy deployed his men with the intention of closing in on the outlaws from all sides at the same time at this time an interesting interruption occurred from the underbrush at the foot of the camel's back emerged three elderly women their clothing in tatters and in the wildest excitement they insisted that the outlaws were in the cave and hysterical with fright from their terrible experience declared that they had been holding the bandits in check and demanded the reward for their capture they were rational enough in other ways and explained that they had been on a walking tour with a donkey there was however no donkey deputy sheriff Mulcahy, who was noted for his gallantry sent the three women to a safe place at the rear of the party and detailed a guard to make them comfortable it being thought possible that the women were accomplices of the outlaws precautions were also taken to prevent their escape no trace of the outlaws was found sheriff muldoon and his three deputies now enabled to leave the cave joined the searchers every inch of thundercloud glen was searched but without result across from the cave mouth behind a heap of fallen rocks was found the spot from which the outlaws had been shooting the ground was trampled and the rock chipped by the return fire from the cave here too was found a new automatic revolver 
a small rifle and another gun of antique pattern in a crevice of rock was discovered a flowered silk bag containing various articles of feminine use including a packet of powders marked hay fever a small bottle labelled blackberry cordial and a dozen or so unexploded cartridges for the revolver convinced now that the three women were accomplices of the outlaws and this corroborated by sheriff muldoon's statement that he had positively seen one of the three women peering over the rock and aiming a rifle at him and that the same woman two days before had fired at him from the valley knocking his gun out of his hand deputy sheriff mulcahy promptly arrested the women and had them taken in an automobile to the city at the jail however it was discovered that an unfortunate error had been made and the ladies were released they went at once to their homes while their names have not been divulged it is reported that they are well known and highly esteemed members of the community and much sympathy has been expressed for their disagreeable experience up to a late hour last night no trace has been found of the outlaws it is believed that they have left thundercloud glen and have penetrated farther into the mountains charlie sands came for us at the jail he asked us no questions which i thought strange but he got a carriage and took us all to tish's he did not speak a word on the way except to ask us if we had no hats on tish's reply meekly that we had left them in the cave he said nothing more but sat looking like a storm until we drew up at the house i dare say we did look curious our clothes were torn and draggled and although we had washed at the jail we were still somewhat powdered streaked and grimy charlie sands led us into tish's parlor and shut the door then he turned and surveyed the three of us sit down he said grimly we sat he stood looking down at each of us in turn i'll hear the story in a minute he said still cold and disagreeable but first of all aunt tish i want to ask you if you realize that this last escapade of yours is a disgrace to the family nothing of the sort tish asserted with something of her old spirit it was all for aggie's missionary dime i-a moment he said holding up his hand i'm going to ask a question i'll listen after that did you or did you not hold up the c and l express car we were too astounded to speak because if you did he said missionary dime or no missionary dime i shall turn you over to the authorities i have gone through a lot with you aunt tish in the past year aggie and i expected to see tish rise in majesty and point him out of the room but to her amazement she broke down and cried no she said feebly we didn't rob the car but oh charlie charlie we nursed that wretch muldoon and fed him and sent him off on modestine and aggie's gray alpaca and he got away and if you say to go to jail i'll go muldoon the wretch who said he was muldoon the the train robber well it took hours to tell the story and when we had all finished and aggie had gone to bed in tish's spare room with hysteria and tish had gone to bed with tea and toast charlie sands was still walking up and down the parlor stopping now and then to mutter well i'll be and then going on with his pacing hannah brought me a cup of junket 
at eight o'clock for none of us had eaten dinner i was sitting there with a the cup in my lap when the doorbell rang charlie sands answered it it was a letter addressed to all three of us we called tish and aggie and they crept in very subdued and pallid charlie sands opened the letter and read it dear and charming ladies i am abject what can i say to you who have just come through such an experience on my account how can i apologize or explain especially as i am confused myself as to what really happened did muldoon actually attack the cave were you in it when he arrived or is it possible that with my foolish fabrication in your mind you attempted but that is absurd of course whatever occurred and however it occurred i am on my knees to you all even a real bandit would have been touched by your kindness and i am not a real bandit any more than i am a real sheriff i am an ordinary citizen usually a law-abiding citizen but as a result of a foolish wager at my club brought about by the ease with which numerous trains have been robbed recently i undertook to hold up a c and l train with an empty revolver and to evade capture for a certain length of time the first part was successful the train messenger on seeing my gun handed me without a word a fat package i had not asked for it it was a gift i do not even know what was in it the newspapers say it is money it might have been eggs as far as i know the second part would have been simple also had i not hurt my leg things were looking serious for me when you found me i shall never forget the cave or the omelets or the tea or the fudge i can never return your hospitalities but one thing i can do the express company offers a reward of a thousand dollars for my little package probably they are right and it is not eggs whatever it is it is buried under the tree where we tied our noble steed modestine please return the package and claim the reward if you have scruples against taking it remember that the express company is rich and the fiji islanders needy turn it in as the increased increment on miss aggie's missionary dime signed the outlaw of thunder cloud we found the package or charlie sands found it for us and the express company paid us the reward we gave it to aggie and with the exception of fifty dollars she turned it all in at the church where it created almost a riot with the fifty dollars we purchased through charlie sands a revolver with a silver inlaid handle and sent it to the real sheriff muldoon it eased our consciences somewhat that was all last spring it is summer now tish is talking again of flowering hedgerows and country lanes but aggie and i do not care for the country and the mere sight of a donkey gives me a chill yesterday evening on our way to prayer meeting we heard a great noise of horns coming and stopped to see a foreign hand go by a young gentleman was driving with a pretty girl beside him as we lined up at the curb he turned smiling from the girl and he caught our eyes he started and then bowing low he saluted us from the box it was muldoon end of part six end of the cave on thunder club by mary roberts reinhardt